Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist, a confidence boost before your interview, or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. to start the show with some UFO reports. Promised you guys I would keep an eye on the skies, and well, I am here to report. And I have something interesting to report to you guys. Now, I'm using National UFO Reporting Center, and they have a list of reports for every single month and year. Now, if we look at the end of the year for 2022, we look at November, there was a total of 300 23 UFO reports. And if we look into December, there is a whopping 158. Much, much less than before. I wonder why that is. It still seems that in April of 2020, had the highest UFO reports at an astounding 1,052 reports. What happened in April of 2020? That was right at the start of the pandemic. More people at home, maybe more people were outside in their backyards, who knows. But I have three UFO reports that I want to share with you right now. And yes, these are from the National UFO Reporting Center. This one occurred in December 20th, 2022, reported December 21st, 2022, so the day after. And this comes from Tucson, Arizona. The sighting lasted for about five minutes. Now, here are some of the characteristics that were described with the UFO. There were lights on the object. There was an aurora or a haze around the object. Saw a giant glowing sphere with lights going around and around in a circle. Woke up at approximately 2 a.m. to use the master bedroom. We live on land with no tall structures nearby. A long rectangular window is above our bedroom sink. I got up to use the restroom and flashing lights caught my attention. Out the window was a giant glowing sphere with lights spinning around the circumference of the sphere. The sphere was stationary in the sky. No movement. Lights were various colors but non-repeating. A dazing-like effect. Went to tell husband and object was gone on the return. It appeared to be over a small neighborhood just to the south of us. Now, that one did seem interesting. Why is it that a UFO sighting usually always happens after midnight? Always 1 to 2 to 3 in the morning. Isn't that the so-called 
witching hour. I digress. Let's get on to the second sighting here. This was reported on December 20th, 2022. Posted December 22, 2022. So two days after. The location is Gretna, New Jersey. The shape of it was sphere. The duration of the sighting lasted for 20 minutes. The characteristics of it are there were lights on the object. Silver sphere with super bright lights on bottom. Zigzagging and teleporting at impossible speeds and angles for 20 minutes. I was going to bed around 1 a.m. Our house has blinds on all the windows. The ones where you twist the rods to tilt the fins open or close. I have the window by my bed, facing south. Partially open because I like to look at stars while I fall asleep. As I crawl into bed. Yeah, just getting into bed. Not asleep yet. I saw it. Big metallic orb. Estimate the size as roughly a VW van size. Appeared to be half a mile up and half a mile away from my house. With very bright white lights from the bottom of it. Zipping around at crazy speeds. Zigzagging at angles that make no sense. Seemingly no reason to it. Without any break in speed as it changes directions instantly. And it blip invisible every now and then, only to pop into view further across the window immediately. As if it's just skipping over huge distances. I don't know if the lights are on the bottom, it's just a searchlight of some sort, or maybe some kind of scanner. Or maybe part of its engine system. Either way, it was very bright. I watched it zip around for about 20 minutes until I fell asleep. The whole time. It never left the area framed by my window. Almost like it knew I was watching and wanted to show off. I was indoors this time, viewing it through a window. But if it's like the last time, then if I had been outside, I would have noticed it was moving soundlessly too. Can't confirm that this time since I was indoors though. It was just too cold to go outside and check. And I was in bed already, so I did not want to get up. This one is interesting because it lasted for so long, right? It lasted for 20 minutes. And again, it happened around 1 a.m. Makes you wonder if these aliens and UFOs are perhaps demonic in nature. But we have one more to go through. This one occurred on 12-18-2022. Reported on 12-18-2022. Same day. The location of this one is Bowie, MD. That's Maryland. Shape of the object is circular. The duration of the sighting, 20 to 30 seconds. And the characteristics are there was an aurora or haze around the object. Hovering ball of light. I noticed a bright fuzzy ball of light moving in the sky while taking my daughter to work early Sunday morning. At first I thought it was a plane, but the object was traveling in the same direction as me. It stopped mid-flight. Hovered for a few seconds, then disappeared. I asked my daughter if she saw what I saw, but she was on her phone. The morning sky was particularly cloudy, but the stars were clearly visible. And that was the last UFO report. I want to hear from you guys, though. What do you think? Do you think these UFOs and alien sightings, do you think they could be demonic in nature? I suppose one would only believe that if perhaps they were religious. Well, let's move on to some magic. 
I've previously discussed magic on the program, including how magic might be employed in rituals. However, I haven't previously discussed much about magical books and objects. Films featuring books like the Necronomicon from the Evil Dead. There is occult magic in films like the Evil Dead and even Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. For instance, the magic rings that control and bend to will are the central theme of Lord of the Rings. This was inspired by the biblical story of King Solomon's magic ring. The ring is said to have given Solomon the capacity to converse with animals and control the supernatural, including demons and jinn, according to religious legend. Sound familiar? Even Aladdin has an interesting similar story. Solomon is represented as having authority over spirits, animals, wind, and water, all of which obeyed his orders by virtue of a magic ring set with the four jewels given to him by the angels that had power over these four realms. A similar ring is mentioned in the stories of the Arabian Nights. The power inherited in the ring is shown by the following story. It was Solomon's custom to take off the ring when he was about to wash and to give it to one of his wives, Amena, to hold. On one occasion when the ring was in Amena's hand, the rebellious spirit, Sekar, took on Solomon's form and obtained the ring. He then seated himself on the throne and ruled for 40 days, during which time the real king wandered about the country, poor and forlorn. On the 14th day, Shakar dropped the ring into the sea. There it was swallowed by a fish, which was caught by a poor fisherman and given to Solomon for his supper. Solomon cut open the fish, found the ring, and returned to power. Solomon was also given a flying carpet, in which he was made king over everything that was created. It is written that God gave him a large carpet, 60 miles long and 60 miles wide, made of green silk interwoven with pure gold. For centuries, people have been fascinated by the concept of magical books, spells, and incantations. Whether it be a classic animated movie or a historical fiction novel, these elements have been used to create some of the most captivating stories ever told. But what if these magical books actually existed? Is it possible that they are more than just figments of our imagination? The term magic book can be used to describe any kind of book that includes the occult. This includes spell books with protective charms, grimoires with magical texts, or even almanacs that provide information about how to cast spells and make potions. On the other hand, an incantation is a word or phrase spoken during a ritual. Let's move on to today's theme, now that you're aware of the differences between these ideas. Peter Lavenda, an American author who focuses primarily on occult history and esoteric occultism in general, has been credited as the author of the Simon Necronomicon, a grimoire that derives its title from H.P. Lovecraft's fictional 
Necronomicon. The majority of the book is made up of a collection of magical spells and rituals. There are numerous incantations and seals described within it. The majority of these are meant to fend off evil or call upon the elder gods for assistance. Some of them are curses intended to be hurtled at one's adversaries. The incantations contain some possible spelling errors in the romanization of the antiquated terms and are written in a combination of English and even older languages. Additionally, there are a few terms that don't seem to originate from any language. The numerous magical seals in the book are used to invoke or summon each of the gods and demons with which they are related. In some circumstances, the seals and amulets come with detailed instructions on how to make them, including what material to use and what time of day to create them. In other instances, only the seal itself is the information provided. The book makes an effort to connect ancient myths from Sumerian and Babylonian cultures with works by H.P. Lovecraft, Aleister Crowley, and many other authors. Additionally, other faiths, including Christianity, Wicca, Satanism, and Hebrew mythology, are blended. Well, this blend of ancient Middle Eastern elements was released in 1977 with a limited number of books. Cults, therefore, value the first edition of this book highly. Now, it's interesting to note that the book was featured as a courtroom evidence in the murder trial of Rod Farrell, with suggestions that it played a part in satanic human sacrifices. Farrell, it is claimed, used the book during these cult rituals. Rod Farrell is an American murderer and cult leader of a gang known as the Vampire Clan in Kentucky. However, since this isn't a true crime podcast, I won't go any further. But you can definitely find more out there on this. At least temporarily, the authorship of the book is disputed because Peter Lavenda claims to not have written it. However, there are other magical books that have existed for quite some time. The 6th and 7th Book of Moses is an 18th or 19th century magical text allegedly written by Moses himself. It is actually a grimoire, or text of magical incantations and seals, that purports to instruct the reader in the spells used to create some of the miracles portrayed in the Bible as well as to grant others form of good fortune and good health. Although there is no known original edition of this work, early printings started to appear in Germany in the 18th century. Versions of this work circulated throughout Scandinavia and Central Europe. In Sweden and Finland, these books are compiled and published under the titles, roughly translated to, The Black Bible. The sixth book includes an introduction along with seven chapters, known as the Mystery of the First Seal through the Mystery of the Seventh Seal. Similar to the sixth book, 
The seventh book takes the biblical accounts of Moses' life and adds a rumored pairing of an incantation and a drawn magical object, in this case called tables. There are 12 tables, each set to control powers associated with certain angels, elements, and astronomical symbols. The first table of the spirits of the air, the second table of the spirits of fire, the third is of water, the fourth is the spirits of the earth, the fifth table of Saturn, the sixth table of Jupiter, the seventh table of Mars, the eighth table of the sun, the ninth table of Venus, the tenth table of Mercury, the eleventh table of the spirits, and the twelfth table of the Shemhameferosh, a well-known book from the 1970s that contains religious literature and directions for magical rituals practiced in the neo-pagan religion of Wicca is called the Book of Shadows. In some cases, more traditional Wiccans keep two books of the Books of Shadows. One is a coven book of fundamental rituals and practices that is kept consistent from which a new initiates copy. The other book is for personal uses that vary from which to which, and contains magical information gathered by the initiate, such as astrology, herbal lore, and information on divination. In the 1950s, Gerald Gardner, known as the father of Wicca, originally made the Book of Shadows available to those he had initiated into the religion through his coven. There is, however, a legend that claims Gardner paid Aleister Crowley to write the book. Another widely accepted theory claims that Gardner merely borrowed Crowley's work and submitted it as his own. In actuality, Crowley and Gardner once crossed paths because Gardner was a major Crowley enthusiast. And well, they frequently collaborated together with so much historical information on magic. It's no wonder that your favorite book or movie is so popular. One other intriguing bit of history is that Jim Morrison, the leader of the well-known band The Doors, formerly owned a book from 1963 entitled The History of Magic. Of course, there have been many musicians who have expressed interest in the occult. Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin is the most well-known of them all. But, you know, that alone might make a whole episode on its own. So, I hope I did a good job of giving you an overview of the history of magic and magical books. It is a truly fascinating subject. Despite the fact that I did not cover every significant figure connected to magic, this should serve as an excellent primer for newcomers. That will be it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. If you want to email me or Conrad, you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That's all one word, bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. If you're a Patreon member, I want to thank you for being a Patreon member. The exclusive episode will be up soon for the month of January. And if you're not a member yet, consider subscribing. It's only $1 a month. You get all the main feed podcast episodes early. You also get exclusive episodes every month. 
And we've recently introduced a brand new format to our Patreon page called Podcast Shorts Episodes. Literally can last anywhere between 5 to 10 minutes. And it's just a quick fix of your dose for Bizarre Conspiracies. Thank you for listening. And as always, I will catch you in the next episode.